0: God is good, isn't he? He's doing a work in us. Who's who's thankful for what God has already done? Who has had God do amazing things in you? You know that God loves you so much. We don't get it, and I don't care if you call me a broken record. I will keep saying it. The story of Jesus is not boring. It has not been told enough what Jesus did on that cross. And the Bible says that God loved us so much that he gave his only son. We just don't get that, but that is huge. Do we get the God of the universe? God gave his son. And Jesus went willingly. You know, they they said, Pilate says to him, I have the power to release you. Jesus said, you have no power over me. I give you my power willingly. I'm giving myself willingly. God the Father gave Jesus, and Jesus willingly submitted to that plan and shed his own blood, innocent blood, without sin, imperfection. Let his creation harm him. It's just incredible, and your mind really can't get it. But your spirit can, and, and he is here right now and speaking that to your heart. He's just giving us that revelation. When you get that, you just don't want the world. I love that song, and I mentioned it some weeks ago. They can have the world. They can have the world. Just give me Jesus. Just give me Jesus. They can have the world. Give me Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I just want to just listen to the Holy Spirit and preach His word, not my word, not my opinion, but I just want to go right into His word and just follow me right now. Thank you, Lord. And be alert. I never say that, so I'm not, but I'm not manipulating. But today, just your mind is going to try. My mind does it. My mind wanders a lot during the day, just, you know, I'm doing work, and I'm thinking about something at the house, that I'm working on the house, and I'm working on gutters at once. You know, your mind's thinking of a conversation for six hours straight. Our minds do that, and you need to tell it to shut up. Just tell your mind. It's okay. You can talk like that to yourself. Tell that mind to shut its mouth. It's got its own mouth, blah, 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 and it's all just junk. Tell it to be quiet and listen to the Lord today. He's got some things to tell you. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And let's just open his word. I want to open his word. I want you to go to the book of Ephesians. And I closed this week. We've been talking about the kingdom of God. And we've been talking about how God has been. He's been. It's been a process. He's been doing it. He's been establishing his kingdom. Everybody say God is establishing his kingdom. On this earth. God has been establishing. God is God. God didn't need to come to earth to be God. Jesus didn't need to come to earth to be king. He didn't go through his process to become king. He was king. He was before time. He was outside of time. And God is God all by himself without us. He is king of kings and Lord of lords without us. His kingdom is without us. His way is his way. It's only, see, his rulership is only rules to us because we rebel and reject them. But his rulership in heaven is not rules. It just is. God doesn't fight with anyone in heaven. God is not warring. We have the war in the heavens over the earth over you and over this place, over this realm. But God is not fighting with his, he is not warring to keep his Godhead, to keep his Godship. When we go through the book of Revelation, God is not fighting with Satan in a war to struggle who's going to be God. The struggle is purely who's going to be God over this earth. Now, the book of Revelation is clear who wins, God wins. God always wins. We can go from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation, and we see that God always wins. As I started establishing last week, God is establishing. He has His kingdom in heaven, and He has been establishing His kingdom on the earth. And He's been doing that since He created. He said to Adam, and I'm going to look at these verses in Genesis, but He said, I I." put you, I formed you, and I placed you on that earth and breathed himself. We are not, this is, I'm not trying to tell you that you are little g-gods. I don't want you to get, don't misconstrue my words, but God put his DNA he put his Godship DNA. Do you realize that? He breathed of himself. If Dawn and I decide to have a baby, and we did three times, then we, we're not deciding to have any more babies. And the Lord wants to be Lord, He can. God, you're God, but it's not in our plan. But when we decided three times to have a baby, we made many us's. If you go into their DNA, and we have. We all have done, all five of us have done DNA, right? Ancestry.com or whatever you want to do. And we find out that they are our children. And uh, it's not a surprise. But they are. You can see the connection through the DNA. God's DNA is in you. Satan came to twist. And that's what he's always done since Genesis to Revelation. He's trying to pervert. He's trying to distort What God has done. He's not going to win, but there is a struggle in the time that we live in. We live inside time. God is outside of time. So God lives in a place where Satan is already defeated. God wasn't lying when he said it's finished. He said it's finished. You realize God said it's finished in Genesis, and God said it's finished when Jesus was on the cross. He wasn't lying in either of the two cases. Because God is not in time. Jesus wasn't speaking from time. It is finished. It is complete. He is the Alpha and the Omega. That means he is the beginning and the end. It's circular to God. In fact, do you know even Einstein, before he died, he started, you know, he started tapping into what time was. I mean, he didn't have the full picture. But before he died, do you know he summed up time as instead of a straight line as more like a circle? And we don't have the fullness of that word. You know, we're, we're learning more and more and more. Imagine what he, he could see what we have today. Imagine the technologies today are, are way beyond what he, he was even touching in. I mean, for all we know behind closed doors, they've already messed with it. He was, he was Einstein was helping science. Uh, they were actually literally working on projects to time travel, that is not conspiracy. That's just public knowledge. And, and he, but he, so he started looking into it and he saw it as a circle. And isn't that interesting? Because God, outside of time, he's got the beginning and the end. He's got it all wrapped up. Just picture it like this. God's got it all wrapped up and he wins. God is God. God is King. And so what he is doing and what he's been doing is establishing. And the devil is throwing a hissy fit. And that hissy fit is only for a time. It's only for a season. We don't understand seasons, We don't get the seasons, but if you go through your Bible, from the book of Genesis, again, through the book of Revelation, what we find is a pattern of the devil looking like he's winning, and then God defeating him and crushing him. Right? And we can go through that. We can go through every single story as the evil rises to power. And there's, why does God let them go so long? Do you know? I think that the Bible answers it. I don't have the exact answer. But the Bible says in in a couple different ways. So I'll sum it up in one statement that it's because of his grace. That if he dealt with it every single time immediately, there'd be no people left. And he loves us so much. That's what the Bible says. I believe it's in Peter. Peter where he says that he has given his grace, that he is patient, hoping that the people, because he's not, he, Satan is judge. It's already, he's already prejudged. It just hasn't happened yet in our time, but he's already prejudged. You do not have to go to hell, nor does anybody in the world have to go to hell. Only those that go to hell are those that decide, I want to go with Satan. Wow, that's a harsh statement. Now, Satan makes this world look really good. Makes it look like lollipops and ice cream bowls and Ferraris and women and whatever else you're into, whether you're young or old or whatever it is. It makes it appealing. So the people go after the world, they don't realize that you're just, you're going with Satan. Well, Satan's going somewhere. He's heading somewhere. You want to go with him, he's going to end up in hell. And it was not designed for us. It was only for him and his fallen angels. And the only people that go there are those that follow Satan. Jesus said, I'm the way, follow me, and Jesus will take us somewhere else. So God is establishing his kingdom. God has been doing that since the beginning of time. And Satan's been trying to take it, trying to take it, trying to take it, trying to take it. And every single time he fails. But there's another thing that you'll find is a pattern. Every time that Satan fails, God is still God. But do you know what God does, which is just beyond me, but it's incredible, is that he uses a man or a woman to stand in that gap. God could crush Satan himself. You know that. I don't have the answer, so I always tell you when I'm going to give you my opinion that I want to tell you it's my opinion first. I'm going to read the scripture next, but I want to just say my opinion. Then you can hear the scripture and you can make up your own opinion. But I personally believe because we are so little and so small and so insignificant, and you can find this pattern through his word, God chooses to use us on purpose to crush Satan who thinks he's all-powerful. Right, the only reason that there's a war is because he thinks, I can do this. I can actually take God. I'm going to take, take heaven by force. I'm going to take it. I'm going to take this route. I'm going to control it. He fails every time, but he keeps trying. I, you'd think that he would get it by now. But people stand up and they say no. You go through your word, it took a man or a woman that said no no I'm going to stand for righteousness and they trusted their God right like David I mentioned him last week Goliath had a time there was a time that he was allowed not by God even but by people come on let's look at this picture the people allowed Goliath to to go for 40 days and God's grace was there to protect them okay so God's It's really people that are doing it, right? The evil kings of the Old Testament, God didn't make them evil, they're just evil. And God's grace is there so that he doesn't deal with it instantly and lets the people try to repent, both the evil king and the people around them. But then finally, somebody stands up and says, no. Someone says, I'm going to trust my God. Someone who grabs a hold of God and says, I'm going to be righteous, stands in the gap and and puts that Goliath on the ground. You'll find that pattern all the way through to Revelation, and what you find is a pattern of not just someone who says, I will trust my God, and someone who says no, someone who stands in the gap and says no, but it's someone also who is completely crushed, belittled, nobody, disregarded, downcast, locked away, etc. And Revelation even says that they didn't even care about their lives unto death. We will overcome, the Bible says in Revelation, by the blood of the Lamb. See, it's that combination. You can call that heresy that I'm taking something away from God and I don't care claim that but it is not heresy it is how god's design it is god's blood it's the koinonia that greek word i love when i just just discovered that word this last year i understood the concept and i found the word and i love it it's that connection between god in heaven and man on the earth and god does something supernatural when the two get together god can be god all by himself but he chooses by his design We could just be floating around. You know, earth, I mean, space just floats around, right? But he chose by his design for gravity to work. He didn't have to. That's his design. So within the design of God, it's still God. But when we, by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, they overcome. It's the blood and the person's willingness and submission to Christ, which creates a testimony, It is God and man, and then he crushes Satan under our feet. But let me just start this off right here and right now. Satan is not automatically crushed. Jesus is more than willing, in fact, not just more than willing, gave his life to crush Satan for you. But Satan is only crushed, and who can testify? This is your testimony. Come on, this is part of your testimony. Satan had some power when you gave it to him. When you didn't make Jesus Lord, Satan was sure Lord, wasn't he? And he had his own testimony for your life, didn't he? I think we can all agree, and if you don't agree, you're in pride. Look down for that, so don't have to look at anybody nobody in here just just assuming but it says let's look at this scripture in ephesians ephesians chapter 3 verse 10 says god's purpose everybody say his purpose the New King James says, his intent. And it's and the New King James says, in his manifold wisdom, I mean, the unfathomable wisdom of God. And it says, it's to use, everybody say, to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety or to display his manifold wisdom he wants his his godness if you can use that word to be known it says to all the unseen rulers and authorities in heavenly places verse 11 says this was his everybody say eternal plan or purpose and it's which he carried out through Christ Jesus, our Lord. God's purpose has always been for you and him to be one, for him to be God, but to you to carry God, come on, you to carry him in the earth. Why does he care so much about this little blue planet? Anybody love science? I don't know a lot of stuff about science, the technical, but I love when people who are smarter than me explain it to me. In a God perspective, I don't like all their junk, obviously. So soon as they tell me that they're smart, but then they tell me we evolved, I just stop listening. But I love when they just peer out into space, and we just get to see the expanse of God's kingdom, God's universe. But the more they explore, the more they discover, they're realizing that the blue planet is smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. Why does he care so much about this little blue planet and little us, as David says? I'm not even gonna try to answer that. There are many, many answers, which I don't have all of them. I have some ideas. I'm not even gonna try. Let's just leave it today for the purpose of today's sermon that he does. He's God and he says, that's where I want my kingdom on that earth. When God says something, there is no argument. There seems to be room for interpretation there seems to be room for us to to kind of argue with god for a season and that's just our perception we are wrong god is just working out he's working out something behind the scenes that we are unaware of it's bigger than us but he has decided i want my kingdom on that earth and then, we don't know. I mean, it's possible he has other planets. We don't know. It is not in the Bible, so you're not going to hear me even touch that. It's possible. He's God. He could have 50 planets, whatever. He's God. He'd do whatever he wants. But it's not in his Bible, so I have no, I'm not even going near that. What we do know is that this planet, he loves so much that he gave his one and only son that tells us we are pretty special. So special that Satan said, I want that planet. And came in like a snake to steal. Like a sneaky, slithering snake to steal what God gave us. God said in Genesis, let's look there. Genesis chapter 1. Don't you love that? Genesis 1. I love that. Just This, this is where the story begins. I, I, I'm not going to get tired of going to the Old Testament and going to Genesis because people just try to throw out 75% of the Bible, which is totally ridiculous to me. You know those little, I get it, you know we're trying to just we don't want to overwhelm somebody and give someone like a 10-inch thick King James Bible on the street. So we came up with those little, you know, four gospel, one gospel, New Testaments. And I get it. That's fine. But as a mature Christian, that should, shouldn't be your life Bible. That's fine to get started. So just to, just to get the taste of God. But eventually we should be reading Genesis through Revelation. He preserved it for a reason. If he didn't care about those books, he would have got rid of them. And he didn't. You just have to trust that that's God or not. You don't want to trust that that's fine. But usually the people that don't are weird. And they get off. So I love Jesus. Which part of Jesus do you love? I dislike the words in red. Hmm. That's interesting because usually, actually, the words in red are the most sharp words in the whole Bible. You don't live like you believe the words in red. It says in Genesis chapter 1, I love this because it's chapter 1. This is the beginning. This is the point. Come on, you can't get Matthew. You can't get Revelation until you get Genesis. He said, God blessed them. Everybody say, "He he blessed them. That's us. Genesis 1 verse 26, it says in the New King James, God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. God literally took clay of the earth. Okay, so this is that connection. Come on, it is the earth and God. Just because he took the clay didn't mean that there was life in it, did it? It says that he breathed into that clay. He pneuma, New Testament, uh, Greek word, right? He breathed His, that's the Holy Spirit, put His Spirit into the earth and created us. When you were born with your sin nature, that was not from God. God did not have you born with the desire to sin. That is because you were born of Adam and Eve's seed outside of the perfection of God. Everybody say, the perfection of God. Genesis 1, perfection of God. Because we read just a few chapters later that they're outside the garden now, and now some things have changed, huh? Doesn't take long. Genesis 6, we're already talking about Noah. (laughs) Doesn't take long when we are left to ourselves to mess stuff up. Genesis 1 verse 26 says, let us make man in our image. Do we realize how incredible this is that God literally, he didn't just say, I want to make a creation. I want to take of myself. You are the image and the likeness of God. Do not misconstrue my words. This is 50 years from now on YouTube and you're like, see, the guy was a heretic. That's so what they do. They just twist you. But we have been made in the image of God. You are God. You're not the hierarchy of God. The, the God God. You know, he's head. But you are God on the earth. You are his, the New Testament says it. I'm just going to say it now because I don't know if I'm going to get to it the time. You are his ambassador. Right? You are the reflection do you know that was Satan's job? You don't know what the name Lucifer means? Light reflector. So God, we don't, you know, what we can perceive reading the word, we don't know exactly. So I never like to say when I don't know. I don't want to tell you I know what I don't know. I don't. But what we perceive of the word is that he was reflecting the light of God doing his job. That's his name. He can't have the name without doing that job at some point in time or outside of time. And one day he says, I don't want to reflect your light anymore. I'm going to reflect my own light. So God says, okay, well, I'm going to create myself. I'm going to put myself on that earth and it's, they are going to reflect my light and they're going to do it willingly. They're going to make the choice, what you didn't do to reflect my light, to be me. To reflect him. We are ambassadors. And even Jesus said, Jesus said, I'm the light of the world, remember? But then what does he say? Jesus calls himself the light of the world. And we go, Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. You're the light, you're the light, you're the light. Jesus, it's all about you, Jesus. None of those things are invalid, except that then Jesus says, Yeah, that's amazing. That you got, you got who I am. You get my name and, and you get my cross and you get my blood. But I also told you, you are the light of the world. If the devil can't get you to stop believing in Jesus, his second plan, come on, who can testify? What I'm about to say is Christians. If you're in here, you already know what I'm about to say. If he can't get you to stop believing, he'll just get you to... Believe a partial truth. Believe the cross. Believe the blood. Go to heaven. I'm not saying you're not going to go to heaven. But not to live on this earth the way that he called you to. And you may be blessed. You may have things. You may go to heaven. I say may because I'm not God. I don't know. I see both scriptures. I see some that secure us forever and some that tell us to be really careful. I see both. They're both in the Bible. You can't deny either scripture. That's between you and God. And to be honest, if you're wondering, you probably should be repenting today and getting closer. Going looking for the line, you've already crossed it. In fact, there's a good joke. Satan comes and he says, "I'm, I'm putting up a fence right here. And and uh. You can decide which side you want to be on. So the Satan comes back sometime later, and the guy's sitting on the fence. He said, I see you've made your decision. And the guy says, no, I didn't make my decision. I'm on the fence. He said, yeah, the fence is mine. You're on the fence. You're over the fence. Listen, I, I say this a lot, and I do feel like a broken record. Sometimes I go to God, and I'm like, God, it's the same word every week, but I can't help it. That's his word. I want to teach you about all kinds of other stuff. I can't. I can't. I just can't. I'm not judging. I, I'm not even going to go there, but I'm not judging other teachings and other things, and you can go find those things there, and that's great. I'm, you go listen to other teachers, teach other things. That's, but I need to just teach this, that God's way is his way, and his will is his will, and we must submit to that plan and purpose and his will and his way, or you're going to miss it. I'm not saying you're going to miss heaven. But you will miss what you're on this earth for. He said to Adam after he made him, he said, Let them, verse 26, New King James, actually, when he's talking to himself, talking to Jesus and the Holy Spirit, he says, We're going to make them in our likeness, our image. I'm going to put myself on the earth. Put my spirit, the Holy Spirit was not a mist of air. He was not a ghost. He's not some sort of thing that kind of just floats around the room. It is God. Just We just can't see it. You know, they describe it as like a wind, as a smoke, as a ghost, because we don't know the Holy Ghost. I mean, it's literally the old title of him. We say Holy Spirit today, you go 100 years ago, it was Holy Ghost because we don't know how to describe it, because it's unseen. But he is God. He's just as physical as God. It's just not in our realm. And he put himself in Adam and Eve. Do you realize Adam and Eve were Holy Spirit-filled? Wow, this is like, this is like Super Sunday today. The Holy Spirit's just going. Adam and Eve were Holy Spirit-filled. Pre-Pentecost. Could you believe that? The Holy Spirit, being Holy Spirit-filled is not works. Do you realize that? People get afraid when you say, Holy Spirit-filled. Because then you get all these perceptions and pictures of what that means. People rolling around the floor. <laughs> Any of those things that happen are outworkings. I won't even touch those either today. I'm not even going to go there. But that's just Outworkings. Some of it's God, some of it's not. That's all. I'm just going to leave that there. Some of it was absolutely. You can't throw it all out. Holy Spirit's been speaking to me a lot this season. Stop throwing everything out. He told me specifically, you need to go find that baby in that muddy bathwater again. Because we've been throwing the babies out. What happens is, you know, everything gets twisted and then we run to extremes. Even faith. We need faith. Jesus tells us all about faith, and then they take faith to an extreme. Discipleship. We need to be discipled. We need to submit to his will, and then they take that to an extreme. Everything is taken to extremes, but we can't get rid of faith or discipleship. Tithing gets weird because then the pastor's driving a Bentley, but you can't just stop tithing. Let that be pastor deal with God. That's between him and God, but that's not for you then to stop doing what he called you to do. We need to stop throwing the babies out and go get those babies back. There's lots of gems. There's, the Word is filled with light. We've been just like, what are we left with? It's like a skeleton crew. Because we've been so afraid to be Spirit-filled, Holy Spirit people. Adam and Eve were Spirit-filled people. They weren't weird. You know, they didn't need to speak in tongues either. Because they just spoke directly to God. You can go whatever you want. You want to say tongues was pre, you know, was done with John, whatever. I don't know, whatever. I, I'm just tired of it nowadays, to be honest. All the different opinions. But the only reason that they even spoke in tongues is because we live in a different realm now. So it was a language between God and man. It was a way to still speak to God's spirit to spirit, outside of Satan's listening. He's listening to everything you say, you know. Who says something and then you hear Satan whisper something right back? Everybody in here. You don't hear him go, hi, by the way, I'm Satan. But you know that thought was not God. (laughs) You know that was not a godly thought. Where did that come from? But God said, I'm going to put me on the earth, in you, and let them, everybody say, let them have dominion. People get weird if I say this word, not you guys, because you guys are new. I love this church, by the way, and I love you so much. If I got on YouTube and said this, I'd have about 50,000 comments about the perversion of dominion. Because then everybody thought they were, I'm king's kid and I can have everything I want. I'll just have to just cry like a little baby and whine to God and he'll give me everything because I'm a king's kid. You have no idea what I'm talking about. But we are kids of the king. You are a king's kid. The perversions got off. Dominion got off. But you are a son of God. You're not the son of God, Jesus, but you are son of God. Do you know that? Don't get weird about that. God made you, that which means you are his children. So you are his sons and daughters. You are God's sons and daughters. You are a son or daughter of God. Satan wants to keep you trapped in a facade, in a false kingdom, because what happened? It says, verse 26, let's finish, because this is important. Everybody, we get anything out of this today? God is good, isn't he? Isn't he good? I love him so much, and he just keeps surprising me with more and more of himself. And I can't get enough of them. I was just meditating this morning. I was just singing that song, Endless Hallelujah. You know that song? And he just says, forever. We'll be singing that forever. I mean, that's... I started well... My eyes started welling up just thinking about singing forever. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord forever. I mean, that's incredible. God is so amazing. And he said, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth. Everybody say, God gave us dominion over the earth. And specifically, why did he mention in over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth? Well, that's interesting. Doesn't take long. We can turn over just a couple of chapters and something creeping comes, creeping through the garden. God gave man dominion over the earth and Satan. Satan was a serpent. This is interesting. Do you realize he's a serpent in Genesis, but he's a dragon? In Revelation, Anybody ever catch that? How does he get it? How does he become a dragon? He grows, doesn't he? How does he grow? With a huge army? It's just, oh man, they're just praising him, aren't they? You know, they're praising him. They're not saying, oh, we praise you, Satan. There's a group of people that do that in the world. You know, when they praise him, ready for this? Anytime they worship anything or anybody other than God. Satan's getting puffed up and filled up. But he was just a creeping little thing under our feet. And he came in. Verse 27 says, so God created man in his own image, in the image of God. He created him. Male and female, he created them. Verse 28, then God said, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill, everybody say, fill the earth, earth. and subdue it. People get weird, and not you guys, but people get weird about these things, because see, Jesus was so, Jesus taught us a different type of dominion. He taught us a very subtle dominion, which is that in the natural, it didn't look like he had dominion. But then when it came down to it, you don't have power over me. I'm going to give myself because that's what the Father wants, but you don't have power over me. Even the waves of the sea. Waves? Not worried about that. Not worried about the wind and the waves. He said, subdue the earth. Have, everybody say have, dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves, every living thing that moves on the earth, you have dominion. Something happened in Genesis 1, though. God put himself on the earth, and then Adam and Eve, having God's nature, just a couple chapters later, say, hmm, Maybe my way is better than his. Do you know that it is that subtle? You have dominion in Jesus. Do you know that? Come on, church. I'm going to keep preaching about this next week, too. You have dominion in Jesus. Don't be afraid. Come on. You can get excited about this. You have dominion in Jesus. The only time Satan has dominion over you is when you give it to him. Don't say, I can't help it, because that's a lie. Because 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, right, that there's always a way of escape. He only gives you what you can handle. That means that even in the garden, even though Jesus is before it all, and we have to just get, keep. we're going to have to take our brains, take it out of our skull, and put our brain over there and think about this, because Jesus was before that. Jesus is before time. Just get rid of your brain for now and think about this in your spirit. That even when they took of the tree and grabbed that fruit, they had the choice. It says that they looked and they decided, they perceived, it looked good, it seemed good to them. It is as simple as you doing anything other than what God says. It is that simple, but you give the dominion over to Satan. I was just meditating this morning, and the Lord said to me just a couple of simple lines. He tells you to rest. We don't rest. He tells you, don't eat those things. We eat those things. He tells you, don't go there. We go there. He tells you, go there. We don't go there. And then... We give God the bill when it turns out wrong. We go, God, why is Satan doing all these things in my life? How come he's allowed to do all this? How come my life's turning this way? Now, I want to say with a very, listen, I want everybody's ears listening. With the exception of persecution. All right, Satan is not allowed to touch you except for God, unless God is going to use it for his glory. Okay, there is persecution too. So I need to say that. Because that's a big disclosure. Sometimes Christians will go through things. And it has nothing to do with anything you did. It's just because God's going to use it for His glory. And usually He's going to use you in that place to teach you and teach the people around you His goodness and His love, right? But with that exception, that's it, except for persecution, Satan cannot touch you under the blood of Jesus. The only reason that he comes, and he does, right? Who is a Christian? has been a Christian a long time, but has had some, has some tussles with Satan after Christ. Some people say that's not possible. I don't know. I'm going to tell my story. Like, I don't know. Maybe I was never saved, if that's what you say. But all I know is I had a few little rumbles with him after I said yes to Jesus. And I can tell you from my own life, this is If it's only me, it's only me that I made choices I shouldn't have. Come on, guys. And Satan had dominion again. Now, here's the amazing thing. I'm not going to leave you there. He's not going to leave you there. Come on, say it. not going to leave me there. I'm going to close with this. This is the amazing thing, though, about Jesus. Satan thought, I got them in the garden, didn't he? And it took 2,000 years. And for 2,000 years, he's thinking, man, I got them. Then one day, this guy comes. See, the son of Mary, is he a carpenter? Is, is this the son of God? We're not sure. He starts sending in the priest, his priest of Satan, to ask them, try to you know, find out, try to trick him, find out who he is. Jesus always wins. And it's a very simple thing. You have dominion in Jesus. You stay close to Jesus. Satan cannot touch you. I'm not promising you there won't be wind and waves because Jesus faced them. They just won't touch you. I'm not going to promise you there won't be a cross in your life. And if there is, it's for the Lord's glory. But Satan cannot and will, he cannot, his hands off cannot touch you as a believer when you stay close to Christ. Period. Period. If Satan has been touching your life in an area of your life, it's time to get your dominion back. He's been touching your body, your money. Come on, let's not stop getting weird. We get weird and we don't want to touch these areas. But if he's been touching you, if you've been sick, you've been struggling financially, and you are seeking God, it's time to start telling Satan from the word of God, not from your own words, that God is God, he is boss. And that the cross paid a price for you, that his blood paid a price for you, that you are redeemed, that you are bought by Christ, and you just start declaring it. And you know what? You don't look at the wind and the waves. Jesus didn't look because, you know, they existed. One story He comes and another story with Peter. They were going because remember, Peter sees them. So Jesus is walking right on top of it. You don't worry about what it looks like. You just keep declaring the Lord is Lord and you give your life to him. You submit. Come on, we're going to get into this more. But you submit back to the will of God. You don't know what that is. You go and you ask him. Go and ask God his will. Lord, we're afraid to ask him. because We don't want to get the wrong answer. Lord, what's your will in this area? I want to submit to it. And the devil, man, the only reason you struggle so hard because he knows the power on the other side of that question. The reason you wrestle to ask God what his will is an area of your life. The reason you're struggling to forgive is not you. It's because Satan is binding you with, with, with lies and, and nets because, man, if they get to the other side, then I'll be back under their feet again. It's time to get our dominion back. God's bringing it back. And this church is going to be a church that walks in dominion. We don't walk in pride. Jesus walked in humility. But Satan had no power over him. And we stand with Christ. Come on. Post the cross. Jesus already did the cross. Love the cross. Love the blood. That's amazing. But it's already done. It's finished. Jesus is king. Jesus is not on the cross anymore. He's been off the cross. The blood has been shed. It's finished. It's time to walk in the light and in the righteousness and in the glory and in his will and in his way. And we need to stop arguing with each other and arguing with God about what that is and just do it. Because the, Satan is having dominion for only one reason, because we're still wrestling over his will That's the only reason. Once we get that settled, you know so much, who's had incredible peace after that? Come on, you give it to God and then peace comes, right? That's what the Bible says. Repent, come to me because times of refreshing will come. Satan's just tricked you. I'm not saying it's going to be instant and I'm not saying you won't have persecutions. Come on, church. But even those... uh, Present tense, I've been just keep mentioning this guy, this guy, his name is the, his, his title was the heavenly man. And he said, he, they, they said to him, man, when you were being persecuted by the Chinese, you know, communist leaders, it must have been awful. And he said, awful. He's like, Jesus was with me. Meanwhile, they're putting bamboo under his fingernails. So they say is one of the most painful things that you can possibly endure as a human being. And he had Jesus with him. So I'm not saying that it would be perfect, but he had peace. He found a place. Satan couldn't touch him. In fact, the Bible says, He says, don't worry about those who can harm the body, but me, I'm God who can damn the soul, in whatever translation you want to read it. I'm looking over the soul. Look to me. Don't worry about the, uh, the, the natural. We just, let's just stand. We just thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord for your purchase Lord it's a kingdom and you're king and you have welcomed us into your kingdom and Lord in fact we ride on white horses with you the army of god it's that we sit upon the horses With Jesus riding upon the heads of every foul spirit, every demonic spirit, everything that has come to steal, kill, and destroy. We ride above. And we just rebuke in the name of Jesus. Because that's your word. Your word. We stand with your word, Lord, and we rebuke in the name of Jesus. We rebuke the devourer that has come to steal life, to come to steal health, has come to steal money, has come to steal, Lord, in any way, shape, or form from us time, our, steal our, our blood, sweat, and our tears for His kingdom. In the name of Jesus, we rebuke Him, and we thank You, Lord, that Your Word says that whatever they steal must be paid back sevenfold in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord, just as the cross proved, restoration this morning... That you are restoring, Lord Jesus, what's been taken and what's been stolen. And I thank you, Lord, that your word says that there will be joyous sounds again of the brides and the bridegrooms. And we will proclaim again, Lord, that he is great. His love endures forever. We will sing again, Lord, your word says. You will restore, Lord Jesus, what's been stolen in our lives. You're restoring it and we stand. And Lord Jesus, we take the stand. And we stand, Lord Jesus, with you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.